0: A recent poll by Gallup shows that 85% of workers worldwide hate their jobs, and they especially hate their bosses. With the average person spending 90,000 hours at work over their lifetime, there's no wonder depression and anxiety are at an all-time high. I've managed to successfully run away from corporate America and all of the stressors that came along with it. I now get to work my dream job or shall I say dream jobs, and live my dream life of being a world traveler. Now, I'm the most unlikely person to have ever pulled this off, and it has been one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. But through it all, it was worth it. One thing I've learned throughout my entrepreneurial journey is that things are not always as they seem, hence the birth of this podcast, Dream Job, Dream Life Podcast. Podcast. Here, I speak with self-made entrepreneurs about the making of the dream, the risks they take, sacrifices that they make, the close call stories, the things that you probably won't see on anyone's Instagram live feed. I'm your host, Tally Love. Let's talk about it.
1: Hello, dreamers, and welcome back to the Dream Job Dream Life Podcast. I hope that everybody is having a great day today. Let's jump right into it. Today, our guest is Haley Spetters, and Haley is the owner of Three Feathers Design, calling out of California. Welcome, Haley. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming, we're excited excited to talk to you today about your dream job and your dream life. (laughs) So start out by telling people just a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do, how you serve the world every day.
2: Yeah. So um, I am a brand and website designer um, and I help creative entrepreneurs with establishing their brand identity and um, brand strategy. And then we put that all together and launch it in um, a website. So, um, and I use Squarespace to do that. And, um, and yeah, I really, I really love what I do. So I'm excited to talk
1: about it. So it's interesting. And I've been hearing this a lot lately. So I kind of want to stop and focus on that. You talked about how you want to help them with their brand, help them with their strategy, and then move into the website. I think that that's kind of a newer way of people thinking about a website nowadays, because it used to be like, just get, just get the website up. Am I correct in that?
2: Yeah. So sometimes, you know, sometimes you need to just get it up. Like you need just a landing page. You need to start collecting emails, all of that. But when I work one-on-one with clients, typically they've been in business for about a year and they're ready to invest in creating a really solid foundation and that starts with establishing um, your brand. And so your brand is made up of you know, your ideal client, your voice in the market, um, how you position yourself, the values, what you stand behind from your business. And, and then that is all put together into a visual brand. So that's your logo, your colors, your fonts, um, all of that stuff. And so that foundation then is applied to the website. And by, by focusing on that, and having that solid foundation, you can really move forward with growing your band and having a strong voice and so that you have consistency in your market and people trust you and and ultimately want to buy from you.
1: Awesome. Awesome. So tell me who your typical client is, what what they're going through in their lives and how they find you, why they are attracted to you, all of that good stuff.
2: Yeah. So I, I have two kind of um, sets of clients for my one-on-one clients. Um, like I said, typically they've been in business for over a year. They understand who their market is. Um, and they're typically creative. So, so I like to say like artists, makers, movers, and shakers. So kind of, you know, they have, um, a creative background and they want, they're ready to invest in their branding and, um, ready to kind of grow their business. Mm -hmm. And then the other people that I work with are, they would buy my, my e-course. So they're kind of just starting out and they're not quite ready or able to invest in one-on-one services, but they can use my course to kind of establish the foundation on their own. And then, um, either hire somebody that is more in their price range or DIY it kind of, um, you know, there's a lot of tools that you're able to, to use, to be able to just, you know, get your own website up or create a quick logo if you're somewhat tech savvy. Gotcha. Yeah.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. How long have you been in business Haley? It has been about
2: five years, but, but about, um, only three years full time for myself. So I kind of started, you know, with the side hustle I was working, um, during my, doing my day job and then I would come home and, um, and worked on my client work at nighttime. So about three years for myself.
1: Talk about that transition. Um, a lot of entrepreneurs or wanna-be entrepreneurs love to hear about the transition from the side hustle to making it a full-time thing. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So
2: I um, was working for a law firm and was doing the. Mar- I was a marketing manager for a law firm, and it was. It was interesting. I learned a lot. Um, my employer was amazing, and he was he was really into um, me learning new things. So he would facilitate, and if you know, he was like, "If you want to build, he want he was like, Can you build a new website?'" I was like, "Okay, I don't know how to do that." <laughs> but he's like, so he's like, "Here, learn how to do it. I'll pay you." You know, so I was able to learn a lot of skills in that job, but it wasn't very fulfilling. So that's why I decided to start doing my own kind of creative stuff on the side. Um, and I went to a women's called women's economic ventures and it's a course for women, um, to create a business plan. So I created a business plan for my little side hustle and just kind of started, um, like I said, working at night and, um, you know, whenever I could to just try and get myself out there, I built up a, good client list i had some retainer clients which i felt like was really helpful um, for when i was ready to leave because i had that steady income that was like the biggest um the scariest part was not having that steady flow of income Mm -hmm. so i built up some retainer clients and then i was pregnant with my second child at the time and went on my maternity leave and had intentions of going back but I went back for like the first week and I was like, I can't, I can't juggle a full-time job and a side hustle and a new baby. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to take the plunge and I went for it and have it looked back. What? It was scary. Very scary. Mm.
1: <laughs> but, but you know, you just, you just go for it. When you talk so, about very scary, how long, let's talk about what it looked like. How long did you ponder over it? What did you do to kind of come, what process, mental process did you go through to come to the conclusion that I'm going to do it?
2: Well, you know, it's something that I had been kind of going back to my day job was something that I had been kind of dreading just because, like I said, it wasn't fulfilling. And then also, you know, having a new baby, being away from her, not being able to to like, you know, having to pump and not being able to breastfeed. It was just kind of like from the moment she was born, it just was like heavy on my mind. And I just didn't I knew that I didn't want to go back. So, um, that's what was really scary was like, how am I going to figure this out? So I kind of, you know, whether it was hormones or not that first week (laughs) back, I was like, I can't do this. I just have to like, you know, I have to, it's kind of now or never, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm going to get stuck back into the same cycle of, of working for somebody else. And it's not that my job was awful. It just really wasn't fulfilling Mm -hmm. and it wasn't worth me leaving my kids. Mm -hmm. So... That is, that was kind of the scariest part was just, you know, leaving that steady income and then, and then being like, oh my gosh, right now I have to figure this out. So,
0: gotcha, gotcha. So
1: now you're elated, talk about a little bit about how good life is and tell people, like, give them the benefits of going through that scary part and why it's so good. Um, well, I,
2: it's good because the best reason is I can make my own schedule. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I ha- I'm a mom, I have two kids and I have to kind of basically work around their schedules. They're in school and school is really busy. So it's nice to be able to, you know, do all the drop-offs and pickups go. I get to volunteer in their classrooms, um, you know, do the field trips and be home when they, when they get home from school. So that is really something that I value and love to be able to do. Um, I I really also love to travel. So being able to travel and pick up and take up, take off whenever we want to. Um, my husband is an educator, so he has the summers off. So often we can go for the summer, go somewhere. So really the best part is making my own schedule. And, um, you know, when you work for somebody else, you're kind of, you get your set amount of vacation time mm-hmm. and that's all you get. So... Yeah, and then you know, not having to answer to anybody, I'm my own. I'm res- I'm the one who's responsible for you know whether I get paid or not, or whether I wake up in the morning and go do my work, or whether I decide to go to yoga. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to
1: be in charge. Good deal. Tell us about, so being an entrepreneur isn't easy. There's, I mean, obviously you have your courses, but things are changing all the time. And it's just, you're taking these risks and all these different mm-hmm. things, you know. Tell us about a time that wasn't great as far as getting you to this space.
2: Yeah. So I mentioned that I like to travel. Um, and about nine months after working for, or I'm sorry, it was about 18 months after working for myself, uh, my family and I, took a month off and we went traveling in New Zealand and Australia. And um, it was amazing. It was the trip of a lifetime. You know, it's something that we really love to do and we had so much fun. But I made the mistake of not setting myself up with clients for when I got home. I didn't have a solid uh, email launch um, or like nurture sequence in place so that when people sign up for my list, I wasn't nurturing those with follow-up emails and saying, Here's my offering, here's my one on one service. So that when I got back, I had a wait list of clients that were ready to work with me. So I got back from this amazing trip. I was like, Oh my God, this is what my life is. Like I've, you know, my own boss. I get to travel whenever I want. And I had zero clients. And I had a month with just zero clients and no income. And we depend on we depend on both incomes. So that was really, really hard for us and scary. And it it was a wake up call for sure. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, I can't, this can never happen again. And so I had to scramble to find clients and get, you know, booked out with other retainer clients. Or even I was, I even was like asking my old boss, I was like, do you have any work for me? Which was just like, so
1: mm-hmm.
2: heartbreaking to have to do, you know, it's like, you just have to put on your big girl pants and figure something out because I need to feed my family. Yeah. So um so yeah, that was um that's definitely one of the scariest parts and the downside of working for yourself is because there's not that city income. And it's up to you to make it come in.
1: Did you come up with any solutions or what did you decide moving forward so that, that would Yeah.
2: So the initial the initial steps I took was I I did quite a few things. I ran a set of Facebook ads to, for my one-on-one services. I went back, anybody that had referred clients to me in the past, I checked in and said, Hey, look, I'm, I'm booking clients. Do you know anybody? Um, I did a lot of cold email calls or like, um, you know, I set up, I basically set up a template of an email saying, look, these are my services. This is what I can do for you. I contacted all the local businesses in town to see if anybody was interested in my services um and then I also did that. I did that for my one-on-one services and then my retainer client packages also.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And and then the biggest thing that I did was I worked with a sales funnel specialist mm-hmm. to help me set up my email funnel. Mm-hmm. So that's when somebody comes to my website and opts in, say because I have free resources for creative entrepreneurs on my website. And once they opt in, then they get a sequence of follow-up emails that kind of establishes my credibility as a brand and website expert. And then it introduces my services to them. It gives them more free resources. And then eventually it's the hard sale with these are my services. And so in me setting that up, I've been able to be consistently booked out just by doing that one thing was setting up that sales funnel. And now it's almost kind of passive where I don't have to think about it as much. Whereas I went in the spring, I went traveling to Cuba and I came back and I had, you know. A bunch of clients still there waiting for me. Exactly. So that was that was the biggest factor was setting up that that funnel.
1: Yeah, the automation, putting things in place that are working for you when you're mm-hmm. not even worried about it. Super important. Yes. Yeah, super important. And I think that a lot of entrepreneurs um, fail in areas like that. I say it over and over and over and over again in my own client coaching and here on this podcast is that you have to outsource and you have to invest. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we think we can do it on our own and then something happens where it's like like you said a wake-up call yeah yeah
2: and it can be a scary wake-up call too you know it's like I I was planning for I was ready to go back to I used to work at Trader Joe's years and years ago I was ready to go back there you know it's like I got kids to feed
1: yeah <laughs> so
2: it's scary but it worked out and that's another thing too is you have to have faith that this won't last forever. Like there will be more clients that are going to come. There are slow seasons and there are busy seasons and you just have to prepare for those and then have things that you're able to do in those slow seasons to prepare for the busy. Mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. Good deal. Good deal. So that's a good lesson for people. So if you were to give some business advice to entrepreneurs, either something that you've learned on your own or something that you, you know, teach in your own practice What advice would you give uh, entrepreneurs today, especially those that want the dream life, but we know the reality of it? What would you say? Um,
2: I'd say, you know, it's it's definitely not easy, but it's doable. And I think by finding your voice and who you want to talk to and really, just kind of only speak to those purse people. So kind of niching down and really speaking as loud as you can to those people, you'll build a really solid following and you won't feel like you're kind of flailing around and it'll be a lot easier to sell yourself and people are going to be more likely to buy from you. If you feel, if they feel like they're talking, you're talking to them.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: So early on, I would say establishing a solid brand, brand foundation and, setting up systems in place to help automate your business and you know just then just go for it like you just have to try you have to test and change you have to try a lot of things and if something's not working then try something else don't give up
1: (laughs) yeah i think it's so interesting and and this these things just keep coming up i know for me before i understood digital entrepreneurship or service-based businesses and entrepreneurship online and all of that stuff it did not feel tangible. But the more that you're into it, there are all of these tangible practices and tools and apps and steps and processes Mm -hmm. that make this very real. And I think that people that are entering into entrepreneurship need to be aware of that.
2: Yeah. And don't be afraid to reach out too. like, I think, I think people feel like, Oh, I don't want to bother this person. Or, you know, there's so much more ahead of me that they're going to you know, think that I'm such a loser if they reach out. But I, I think it's really important to reach out and ask how other people are doing it because there's no cookie cutter way to do anything. And I think that if you reach out and ask somebody, Hey, how did you, how do you do your books or how do you do all of this stuff? Cause there's really, no one is taught this. You're just kind of, we're all figuring it out. Mm-hmm. And so I think, and it, it can be really isolating too, living in the online business world. So I think it's really important to reach out to other entrepreneurs and, pick their brain and you know just make some friends along the way so Mm
1: -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. good deal good deal
2: so how can people
1: find you and work with you
2: yeah so my website is three feathers design so that's all spelt out it's kind of a mouthful Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it's t-h-r-e-e feathers design And people can find me there. I have some free resources on my website for people that are just starting out to help you um, establish that brand foundation that I talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. And then on Instagram, I am at three feathers design.
1: Perfect. Thank you so much for dropping by the Dream Job Dream Life podcast. We are better having spoken to you, and uh, we wish you all of the success. Hey, dreamers, listen up! This episode was brought to you by Smart and Resourceful, a project management and digital ad company for solopreneurs and small businesses. You just heard Haley talk about how a sales funnel was able to generate clients for her on automation without her thinking, and it literally saved her business. Smart and Resourceful can create a sales funnel for you backed by a Facebook ad campaign that works and they offer 30 hot leads every month. That's right. Email smart and resourceful at info at smart and and ask them about their 30 lead guarantee.
0: You have been listening to the dream job, dream life podcast with me, Tally Love, creator of Pretty Brown Nomad, a travel and lifestyle blog. If you would like to share a story about your own personal journey towards living the life of your dreams, be sure.